Welcome to the Innovate for Impact podcast. This podcast is for leaders in the social sector like you who want to make a difference. Each episode is packed with practical ideas on how you can be more innovative and create an even bigger social impact. We share our ideas on what you can do and also speak to leaders from the sector to share best practice. So let's get into it and let's talk impact. So today you've got Dan Bentley and you've got Tracy Newman and we're going to talk all about how having a big heart doesn't necessarily lead to a great client experience. Yeah, a bit of a controversial one, we know. Uh, This is something that we hear a lot in organisations. Organisations have sort of thought, well, if we hire people that have got the right reasons to be here and that they love our clients, that means that they're going to deliver a good client experience. Now, in saying that, we know that that is the case in some ways, like it, it is important elements to have, but it's not everything. And that's what we want to unpack today. Like what else do you need? What else do you need to really make sure you deliver great client experiences regularly? How do you need to empower your people so that they can do that and not just just about you know hoping that they do a good job, like knowing that you've designed it and set them up for success so that when they are there with their big heart and that they are aligned with your organization's missions, they've got the tool to really do that on a regular basis. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Uh, We're not for one moment saying that you don't want people who care because I think that's vitally important. You really want people who care, but you've then got to actually take that next step in terms of really setting them up for success because otherwise it can actually have the opposite impact. You know, when you really care about something and you want to do a good job and, you know, maybe you get some negative feedback, it's really easy to take that personally, particularly if you're working in a system that doesn't support you to do that thing that you really want to do so yeah I think it's it's vitally important that you know you hire people who have the right mindset but you've really got to take that next step in terms of I guess both the organization systems and processes and also you know making sure that people know what a good job really looks like because everybody you ask says that they're good at customer service but I can promise you I can factually tell you that is definitely not true yeah that's so true isn't it it's like only what we've ever experienced is what we know as good service and some people as well what they value in good service can be different to what other people value in as good service you know I remember in some of the work that we've done in the past we had the common argument which is What people want is to be quick when they deal with your organization versus what people want is for you to build a relationship. That's quite often a a discussion that comes up amongst senior leadership teams when they're talking about service experiences. The reality is different types of consumers and clients can want either of those experiences or both of them. Neither of them are right or wrong, but the reality is, you know, it's about being adaptive and it is about tailoring the way you deliver your service to the person that you're delivering that to in that moment. So if somebody is going through quite a stressful thing and you know that they don't have much time, well, following the exact same process that you usually do, which takes a really long time and has got all the bells and whistles in it when they're really stressed and not interested in that is probably not going to deliver a good experience in itself. So making sure people have the ability to be able to be flexible with it, but you can also have some design elements too, which work for the majority of people in the majority of cases, which also makes things easier. So maybe that's where we can start then. Maybe it's about starting with service design. One thing that we see a lot of in the sector is organizations that haven't actually like sat down and designed their process from the start. It's it's something that's been organically built. It may have been a service that was originally like a funding, like it was a grant that or, um, you know, received some sort of funding to provide a certain service. And then that service has evolved over the years to become what it is today. One of the first things that we would talk about is good service design will ensure that you have 
more regular and good client experiences more often. Yeah, and I think the really important part around that good service design is that it actually is designed to be from the client's perspective what they want. And I think a classic example is you hear things like the team who are doing the night shift want guys who come in in the morning, you know, you've got a certain amount of consumers that you want to look after. And so it's like, well, you know, can you get some of them up early so that the night shift can shower them before they go home and and those types of conversations? Well, nowhere in there does it say, well, at what time does the consumer want to have a shower. And that's the really important part around designing that experience. It's not about what suits your staffing model. It's actually about what suits the client. Yeah, absolutely. And good service design can, like you said, if it's from their perspective and you've got those insights to try and understand, well, what do they truly value and what do they truly need? You can make sure that from the start that the process you've created, if followed right is actually going to deliver a good experience to most people whereas when that thing has been sort of organically built and hasn't been sort of thought through especially not from the client's perspective but sometimes not even thought through at all it just kind of works and it's business as usual right and people just work around things that don't work and those sorts of things you get that really irregular service delivery type experience so sometimes people like well i know how to navigate that service and bring it to life in a way that makes people happy and other people like dude i'm just following the process this is what it told me to do. This is how it works. You know, I'm getting those people up early because that's what I'm told to do. So you, you get that different service and it comes down to the individual. And I guess what we're saying here is if you get the service design right, you're more likely to get your service delivery right because the recipe is the right recipe. If people follow that and you can get them really good at following that service recipe, you're going to bake the right service delivery and service you know, client experience. And I think that's a really great analogy because when you're following a recipe, if it's something that you've cooked many, many times, you know, you know that you can put in a little bit less sugar and it's still going to taste good. Or, you know, you know that if you cook it for an extra five minutes, it's going to, you know, come out even better. Whereas if you're brand new and it's the first time you've made it, you can just follow it to the letter and you know that it's going to work out. That's the kind of what we're looking for here so that it's really clear for people who are new and for people who are less experienced and it's not relying on that sort of intuition. Whereas if you are a little bit more experienced and you have been doing it for quite some time, there's also that inbuilt flexibility that allows people, I mean, there's nothing worse than being told you have to follow a process to a letter if there's a better way of doing something. But that's when, if there is a better way of doing something, then maybe we could actually change the design as well to incorporate that. Yeah. I like what you said before as well around, it allows you to show everybody what best practice is. So when it's random, it sort of depends on who's training you or who's kind of like showing you the ropes. Whereas if you've got good service design and you're able to keep updating that service based off, you know, if people are finding it better ways to do it or you understand that a part of it's not meeting a client's needs, you change those things, you're able to re-educate your workforce and go, hey, we've worked out a new way that is just absolutely moving the dial in our client experience. Let's actually, like, let's retrain everybody on that and get everybody following that and complying with that that way of doing things because that's when, you know, you're going to, again, get that consistency and that's what it really counts at the end of the day. So, yeah, showing people best practice is really, really important because, again, someone that you hire may think customer experience or client experience, a good version looks like this and what you're looking for them to do is to aim for 
this. For those listening on the podcast, my hands, <laughs> I've got my hands one low, one high. That's what I was explaining. That There's a gap, right? You need to make sure that that aligns and by helping people understand best practice, you close that gap. Are you looking for innovative ways for your organisation to deliver more impact? Take our online assessment and receive a customised report in your inbox that highlights exactly what to do next. It takes only five minutes to fill out and it's completely free. Visit impactoconsulting.com.au slash self-assessment. We've also got to understand and appreciate that workplaces are becoming much more culturally inclusive now. So you have people with totally different life experiences. And, and again, you know, what, what's good for them isn't necessarily going to be good for somebody else. And you've also got consumers that have a whole sort of world of, of different client experiences. And now they expect that their experiences are going to be incorporated in the way that you deliver services to them. So having that combination of best practice mixed with the ability to personalise is so very important now. Yeah, I agree. So we've talked a bit about service design, but I think as well, like giving people ex- like client experience training, I think is really critical too. So like giving people the tools on how do you provide a good experience. We were just having a conversation before this podcast with some people who work in like collecting client feedback. So we were talking to them about how, you know, you've got leaders as soon as you get given that management role and a lot of organizations are expected to be able to handle complaints and be able to diffuse difficult situations. And even front, even like frontline staff who are dealing with your clients, they often expected to be able to do that well. It's a real skill. These are real skills. There are best practice ways to help somebody feel more heard. There are best practice ways to be able to be better at listening. There are best practice ways to handle someone's complaint in terms of not just logging it, but in terms of making them feel valued, making them feel like change is going to happen. Or if it's not, being able to communicate that in a way that is going to keep the client on side. These are these are skills. They're not something that everybody can just do straight off the street and into your organization. So giving people the training and the skills to be able to do that sort of stuff is really, really critical. You're empowering them. You're empowering them to do a better job. And your clients also, you know, when it's done well, again, it's that same sort of thing of like, they're going to be getting that regular experience when they deal with you. You know, they do raise something, something happens. There's a process. There's a process where someone calls them or someone comes and speaks to them and says, hey, I heard that you didn't like this and I understand where you're coming from with that and I'm sorry and this is what happened and this is what we're going to do about it. You know, like those sorts of things, they'll start to go like, wow, these guys are good. Every time I raise something, you know, someone talks to me or the person who I spoke to puts me at ease or whatever that might look like. It looks different for every organization. It's very situational. However, you get what I'm saying, right? It's, it is about making that that consistent experience so that, yeah, there's, there's that's the right thing. Whereas sometimes if you complain and one person goes, thanks for that, but we can't do anything about it. And the next person's like, oh, look, I'll take that on board. You just think, oh, just I want to speak to that person next time. Whereas really you need everybody that's representative of your organization to be able to be really consistent and provide a good experience. Absolutely. And I think sometimes what happens is people in that explaining what went wrong go into a level of detail that's just not required. Like nobody really cares which department is responsible for something or which team is responsible for something or any other reason why it's not your fault. What they really care about is that, yes, we understand what went wrong. So that therefore means that we're able to resolve it. So you only need to provide the level of detail that gives someone the confidence that you understand what happened. That's a good point. You know, at the end of the day, anyone that's representing your organization is representing your organization. They brand you as any employee as 
part of the organization. And it's all those interactions that build up their view of how you're going and and how good you are. So yeah, you're right. No one cares whose fault it was. Just how do, how do we make sure this doesn't happen again? That's what people want to know. You know, they want to know is like, well, thanks. You've heard me out. And if it's something that can't be fixed, well, maybe sometimes that's just the way it is, but they at least want to be heard and they at least want to feel valued and they at least want to know that you've taken the feedback on board. I think that's the, the bare minimum. Yeah, I agree. So I think, you know, we've sort of touched on um, providing, like making sure that your services are designed. We've touched on, you know, making sure everybody is trained and they know, A, how to deliver a good experience, but also how to respond if, you know, something goes wrong and you don't deliver a good experience. I think the thing that if you and I didn't talk about this, it wouldn't feel like it was our podcast at all, is um, collaboration and making sure that you are collaborating with the people that you're creating services for to make sure that that what you think they need is in actual fact going to hit the mark um, and that you're not just sort of working off of assumptions around what people need. That's so easy to have happen and and that's where, you know, when you get that feedback, it can be really gold um, and it can help you to sort of take your services to the next level by making sure that you are acting on that feedback and um, being really responsive but also um, looking at it at an aggregate form within your organisation so that you're not just sort of going, oh, that's one piece of feedback, let's change everything, but you're actually having a look and you can sort of identify, well, you know, here's some trends that we're receiving, here's, you know, more than just one one piece of data, like we really need to have a look at this. This is actually something that's creating real concern for our clients and it's something that happens quite regularly. How can we get this resolved? Yeah, yeah, that's a good one. And then I think another one that ties in to that as well is hiring people with the right attributes. Like a big heart is a part of it. It's like being aligned with your mission and wanting to make a difference. But if you're hiring people that are in a role that's heavily communication focused, you need to hire people that have got the right attributes who can do that job. So people who are collaborative, for example, people who are naturally good communicators, like those sorts of things, you might want to look at building up a profile for what sort of a skill set or what sort of attributes can people bring in from their previous experience that's going to translate really well into doing a good job. I think that's another one of those things people miss. They quite often think, oh, well, we'll just sort of hire sort of anyone. There are some things that are really hard to teach people. Technical things are not one of them. You can teach people technical stuff. But, I mean, obviously, depending on the role, like, I'm, you know, if we're talking about highly specialized stuff, please take that the right way. But, you know, generally speaking, if in a lot of the workforce, the majority of the workforce, you can teach people the technical side of things on the job. Like, if someone's not an amazing communicator or is, doesn't like to collaborate with people, changing that and getting them to be able to do that, if that is what is required, is going to be a hard, hard job for your leaders really, really hard. Yeah. And I think what happens is sometimes it's not so much, uh, sometimes people look for people who've done that specific role before rather than look for the attributes. So, you know, if you're after somebody who is really good at talking to people and is really consultative, then maybe have a look at some other industries where people are working on those skills and using those skills. And then you can teach them the things that are specific to that change of industry. So it's not so much about, you know, looking at people who don't have any experience. It's about saying, well, maybe experience isn't the greater predictor as to whether or not someone's going to be good in this role. Maybe what is the real predictor is the attributes that they have and the skills and the capability that they enjoy demonstrating in their day-to-day work. And then how do we maximise that? Yeah. That's good. You know, one of the other things that makes a difference is when people get to 
hear and see examples of when things go well across the organization so that people can see that delivering those types of experience is really valued by the organization. I think sometimes people just expect that good client experiences are going to happen and they forget to share them and they forget to celebrate them. And then I think that can lead to people just kind of taking that almost for granted and then then it doesn't feel as important as the other things that organisationally you're paying a lot of attention to. And so therefore it can reduce people's focus and that's the last thing you want to have because obviously we all know that when your focus of your people is on delivering a great quality experience, then of course that's much more likely to happen. Yeah, for sure. So basically what we've talked about today is making sure that you know, in addition to hiring people with big hearts, that you're designing services that make it easy for them to know what's expected and and to be able to deliver to that, providing that capability training so that everybody is aware of what a great experience looks like and learns the skills that facilitate collaboration and cooperation. And then last but not least is that actually good client experiences are celebrated across the organisation. So people can see that that's something that's really valued and valued within your company so yeah that's us for today anything else you wanted to add dan got nothing trace i think you nailed that so very good thanks for joining us everyone thanks take care thanks for listening to another episode of the innovate for impact podcast any links to what we spoke about today will be posted in the show notes if you'd like to know more about social innovation visit our website where we have a heap of tools to help you on your way visit impactoconsulting.com.au Thanks for listening. Now go out there and make an impact.